Tennis lovers, you can catch new and previous episodes of Casual Sets on several different platforms now. SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Thank you all for continued support, and stay tuned. Welcome to Casual Sets, a weekly podcast exploring the game of tennis through the eyes of the experts themselves. I am your host, James Presley. This week we're in the midst of the 2018 French Open, the second Grand Slam of the year. Joining me this week, right before her first round match in Paris, was five-time Grand Slam titleist, Olympic gold medalist, and former world number one in doubles, Bethany Maddox-Sands. Good morning, Bethany. Hey, welcome to Casual Sets. (laughs) How's it going? Doing good, doing good. So just so everyone knows, you are joining us from Paris in the midst of this year's French Open. I am. I am. It's just starting off. Uh, Matches got underway yesterday, and I am actually playing my first round tomorrow. Nice, nice. So you're actually the defending Roland Garros ladies doubles champion. Is there a little pressure or further expectations on your end this year as there have been previously? (laughs) I don't think so. I've actually, uh, I've won... French Open two years in a row, and I was playing with my partner, Lucy Safarova, and unfortunately, um, we're not playing together this year. My partner got a little sick. Um, I was a little bit injured before that, so our, our plans kind of got a little bit askew, but I'm playing with another player this year, Letitia Chan, who I played with a couple tournaments. It's a new partnership, and uh, you know, right now she's number one in the world, so she's, she's the top. You know, She's one of the best players out there, so I'm actually really excited to play our first Grand Slam together here at French Open, but I'm really comfortable on the dirt here in Paris. I, re- I really enjoy coming back here every year, and after everything that happened last year, I'm, I'm just glad to be back playing and competing and feeling good. Great, great. So uh, you'll also be playing the main draw, sing- the main singles draw this year with your, correct, uh, with your current protected ranking of 90, correct? <laughs> yes, correct. Um, so recently there was a little controversy surrounding fellow American Serena Williams uh, who was also admitted to this year's main draw with her protector ranking, but she wasn't seated even though she left the game ranked number one. So do you think, considering the circumstances, uh, circumstances should ladies be uh, ladies on tour be seated after maternity leave or just make the singles draw enough? <laughs> I think currently that the rule as it stands is, is the way it is. You know, it gives players an opportunity to get back into the game after they've been out for a little while. And, you know, you can only use a protected ranking if you've been out six months or more. And at the end of the day, sometimes you don't know how well you're going to be playing after six months or eight months or a year or however long it takes any of these players to come back. So, you know, if you're going to, to see that, I mean, at the same time, I have a special doubles ranking of number one, but I don't get to be seated in doubles as that. Um, you know, I think it gives you the chance to get back to where you left off, but at the same time, you still got to kind of got to prove yourself a little bit on where you are standing at that moment. You know, there was a lot of other girls that were playing the full year while I was out and doing well and earned their ranking spots. So I think there's an argument for uh, you know a lot of different things on that on that stance. Understandable. So, um, out of yourself, in your opinion, uh, who else do you think we should watch out for in Paris this year? 
Um, who else are we watching out for? I'm going to be honest. Like, I did uh, I did TV earlier this year when I wasn't playing, and I studied the draw. But now that I'm playing, I have not looked at the draw. I literally concentrate on who I'm playing and what I'm uh, and how I'm doing what I'm what I'm doing on the practice court. That I, you know, other than knowing that I'm playing Joanna Larson tomorrow, I don't know much else. I haven't really paid attention to to how people are playing. Um, all I can tell you is that there are there's some great first round matchups, second round matchups. I think a lot of people look too far ahead of the draw. And even I'm I'm talking about fans. They they look to talk about the quarterfinals, who's going to make the semis. And I just really encourage everyone to see some of these first two rounds. You're going to see some upsets, just like you saw yesterday with Austin Panko and Venus Williams. There's a lot of great players out there. Women's tennis right now has a lot of great depth, so it's worth paying attention the whole the whole way. Oh yeah, that's why we love these grand slams. Expect the unexpected. Um, so for those that uh, don't know, Bethany is in the process of a remarkable, remarkable comeback trail from a ruptured patellar tendon that she suffered last year at Wimbledon. So since the injury, do you view and approach the game of tennis differently, say now versus this time last year? I think a little bit. I you know I really enjoy the process. I think one thing that the injury taught me was to enjoy each moment as it comes even if it's not you know what you had planned obviously going through the rehab I really had to start slow and being an active athlete that I am you know it was a little bit of a challenge at first to kind of slow everything down you know I had to learn how to walk again I had to learn how to run again and um it you know for and for me it got me thinking you know if I was only happy when I was competing man that there was a lot of time that I was going to not be doing that so I think the biggest difference from then till now is really enjoying each moment as it is whether I'm training whether I'm practicing whether I'm doing a rehab whether it's match day or whether I'm just having a rest and recovery day like I am today there's there's so much of life that kind of goes by us in between us achieving all our goals that I've, I've really kind of learned to stay in the moment and enjoy it as it is that's great well we're glad to have you back um now i heard that you started rehab three days after your surgery to repair the tendon how exactly does that work <laughs> <laughs> well and yeah this was uh this was an interesting injury so with a ruptured patellar tendon you actually have to keep your knee straight for a certain amount of time so it was very slight rehab i mean there's i had a, an electric stimulation i had an electrical unit stim unit on uh, my quad muscles but there was no bending I, I wasn't allowed to do it unless the therapist was helping me to do it so uh realistically when i think of training or rehab it's it was so minuscule at the beginning but you know from the beginning my doctor said if you can get your quad fired if you kind of get all these little muscles to start firing. I mean, I was literally just squeezing my quad. That was my rehab. Like, if I could just engage my quad muscle 10 reps in a row, that, that was the rehab for that day. And so, I mean, that's like I said, you, I started out so small. And, you know, I again, I, I started with controlling my muscles to eventually standing to, I mean, at the beginning, I couldn't even get myself out of bed. I needed help doing everything. I needed help getting out of bed. I needed help going into the shower. I needed help if I needed to go get food. So I basically had a bell in front of my bed for my husband to come <laughs> get me things when I needed it. But 
it was um, it was a very humbling experience because you know again being so active and then just going everything dramatically changing and going to where I literally couldn't get myself out of bed was uh, was a challenge and you know those those first few days first few weeks of rehab in my mind were pretty slow but that's where I talk about having to enjoy what I could control I couldn't do anything else other than that and then each day I could do a little bit a little bit more a little bit more so it was just about those those little steps and those that little progress um, and those were big wins for me so that's great. Now, um, I read in the New York Times that your husband, oh, and I'd like to wish you to a happy 10-year uh, anniversary early, by the way. Oh, I know, yeah. I, this year, I can't believe double digits. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. But um, I read that Justin, ironically, also suffered a serious right knee injury in January, and you two are now rehabbing your injuries together. So how's that been? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's been a blasty blast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's been good. We uh, we compare muscle tone, we compare quad definition. So you know the couple that rehabs together stays together. <laughs> but he's doing well. He actually ruptured his quad tendon. So his ten it was the tendon above the kneecap, and mine was the one below the kneecap. Wow. So it was a little bit different, but it was the same leg. We basically have the same scar. So we're we're twinning right now. Oh wow. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, um, whenever you and Justin are not traveling the world at tournaments, <clears throat> you two reside in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, um, I've been to Phoenix several times. Uh, my mother stays out there, and I have other family there, and it's hot. So, um, being that you two <laughs> from uh, Minnesota going to Arizona, how are you able to withstand living in those conditions year-round? <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I moved down to Florida when I was 12 years old. So, I lived in South Florida. Um, since then, I got used to that heat and humidity over there, and then I've been in Arizona for about 11 years now, and I'll have to say <laughs> that my blood has thinned out a little bit. I'm one of those people that puts on a winter jacket when it's in the 60s, mm. and I know all my friends and family back in Wisconsin and Minnesota would be ashamed, but uh, it's the truth, and I try and convince all my friends and family that are still up north to come visit me, but I don't mind the heat. I really... I actually enjoy the summer in Arizona. It takes a little bit, a couple days to get used to it when I'm playing and practicing and training. But other than that, I think summer nights in the desert are one of the best times of the year. Nice, nice. Um, do you think that being in Phoenix gives you an advantage amongst other players when it comes to heading to Melbourne for like the Aussie Open or other high heat index tournaments? Yeah, for sure, and that's, um, even though it isn't quite as hot, obviously, in November, December, when it's the off-season, right before we go to Melbourne, but I definitely think it helps that I'm used to training in the hot, in the heat. Um, I know a lot of players in Europe actually train in the off-season in Florida a little bit just for that reason, to get used to playing outside, playing in the heat, because obviously, anywhere it's winter, you're playing indoors, and it's cold, and you know, most of our tournaments are outdoors. We don't have that many in cold places. But I definitely think it helps me uh, training out there. Uh, between Florida and Arizona, I, I have to say I like I prefer the dry heat versus the humidity. But uh, I, as long as it's warm, I'm good. <laughs> Great. All right. um, another unique fact about you is that you're a diehard Packers fan. Um, so I understand you were just surprised uh, two weeks ago with a signed helmet from Packers QB Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yes, um, yes, that made my day. Great. Um, so how did you become a cheesehead instead of a Vikings fan or a Cardinals fan? <laughs> oh, 
I know. Well, so I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, but actually my dad's family is all from Wisconsin. So uh, when I was about six or seven, we moved back to Wisconsin and lived there for a few years before moving to Florida. So I, even though I was born in Minnesota, unfortunately for them, obviously the Vikings and the Packers are a big rivalry, but I've always been a Packer fan. I was a huge Brett Favre fan, still am, and actually my husband sort of looks like when I when I met him, I he looked like him, so that was <laughs> that was a big uh, big win for me. But no, I've been a Packer fan. My whole family's Packer fan, and I actually got to go to Lambeau and watch a game for the first time a couple years ago, and it was just it was amazing. I've been to the stadium before, obviously when I lived there, but I'd never gone to an actual game, so it was so cool to be on the field for the kickoff. And, um, you know, to get that side helmet from Aaron was, was just amazing. That's awesome. Um, now, one more thing before I let you go. Um, Bethany is also considered the most fashionable player on the WTA Tour, in my opinion, all of tennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, over the years, what has been your inspiration behind some of your most notable outfits, such as, you know, the high knee socks, a multicolored hair, and your infamous floral tattoo? I know. I, I have a lot going on, and I actually like to change it up I'm a very colorful person in general that's how I would be if I did play tennis so I kind of like bringing my personality onto the court and actually my compression socks um, I use them for a reason I actually had a circulation issue I wear them when I fly I wear them when I train and when I compete so a lot of people think I just wore those for uh, knee-high socks for fashion but they're actually compression and um, I still think they, they look cool out there. But I think one of the biggest reasons that I sort of started dressing a little bit differently than everyone else was because I remember watching a match on TV, and it was two friends of mine. Both had blonde ponytails. They were wearing the same kit, Nike kit, from head to toe. And actually, I couldn't tell which one was which on, on TV. So I said, if I can't tell the difference between these two players, how is a fan? I, I, I know them. I mean, how's a fan going to tell? The difference. So I just kind of, you know, live my own path, I guess, and I've I've enjoyed it every step of the way. It's kind of again how I am off the court with my fashion. I like to try new things. Um, I, I kind of go with what mood or what colors I'm, I'm liking in the moment, and then I like changing it up. So it's something that I will uh, continue to do, and and hopefully everyone will appreciate it. <laughs> Great. Like so when you hit the scene, some would say that you stood out more in comparison to other players with very visible with very visible tattoo, you know, your leopard print outfits and tiny running shorts. So do you think that in twenty eighteen it's more acceptable for ladies to experiment with their encore wardrobe or body art versus when you first hit the scene? For sure, I think so. I remember when I got my tattoo on my arm, I was one of the first ones to have a pretty visible one. There were actually a decent amount of players with tattoos. They just were put in places that you can see on their back or, you know, on their wrist, under a sweatband, something like that. But since then, I mean, if you look at a few players now, there's actually a couple girls that have more ink on their arms than I do. Uh, a couple girls got sleeves, full back pieces. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, you know, the girls on tour feel comfortable kind of doing what they want, expressing themselves as they wish, and, you know, hopefully it will, it will continue that way. That'd be good. That'd be good. Well, Bethany, best of luck this week and tomorrow, and uh, we'll be rooting for you, and thanks again for joining me today. Of course. Thanks a lot for having me. Talk to you later. Definitely. The next day, Bethany went on to win her first-round singles match against Joanna Larson of Sweden, marking her first grandson victory in nearly a year. 
Be sure to follow Bethany's long road back to the top of tennis as she begins a doubles competition later this week. As for us, we'll be back after rolling girls, getting ready to wrap up the clay court season and prepping for the grass. See you at the courts. Peace. Thank you.